It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to Episode 70 of the Redirect Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 10th, 2019. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Welcome this week by Patrick and Lauren from the Black Truck team. Howdy, gang. Hey, guys. Hey there. What's new? 70 episodes. That's kind of a neat number. That's a big number. Yeah. 70. That's a real deal. That's better than our 50th celebration, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's not traditionally celebrated 70. No. But, you know, <laughs> that's we not cha- a, we've changed both digits. Well, it's not a paper yeah. anniversary or right. anything. It's right. something much larger, I'm sure. I'd have to Google that to know. Still, it's a, just a nice looking number. Right? It is. It's a clean number. <laughs> it makes it seem legit. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. In episode 57, I mean, that's not as cool as No. Right. <laughs> episode 68, man. Yeah. Right. Although episode 68 was good. I, I highly right. recommend going back and listening to that. But um, getting through the 4th of July, we've got some uh, major industry events coming up, MozCon coming up, and, and a couple other things happening. So... Um, looking forward to those things, but really looking forward to jumping in over uh, talking about some things that have happened over the last month and whatnot and what you guys have to share. So, Pat, you said you were taking Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll jump in. Um, so one of my favorite topics that I've discussed countless times on here is um, voice-related items, voice search, voice shopping, smart speakers. Yeah. Um, I just stumbled on an article that was just published this morning. That was very relevant, I felt, um, from Search Engine Land. Um, it summarizes a few reports that have recently come out that I can uh, share later. However, the gist of it is, um, the summary is, uh, 2019, there will be more than 100 million smart speakers in U.S. homes. 31 million Americans will, air quote, shop on their <laughs> smart speakers. That's predicted to grow to 38 million in the next two years. Though only 21 million Americans will actually purchase. There is a distinct difference between shopping and purchasing. Um, The same way you go to a store, you go shopping and you don't always buy something. That's right. In a physical store. Uh, Of these 21 million purchases, essentially the entirety will be digital goods, such as movies and music. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So uh, Uh, the, the transaction side isn't necessarily tangible. Right, right. They said um, that to get further into it, uh, a category that is poised for growth in this of this 21 million is going to be the reorder category specifically. Didn't we, we we've, and that's the one area if anything that we yeah. said, you know, if voice search, you know, you take that category yeah. alone leading to commerce. If anything, what is going to drive commerce and voice search, it's Staple goods yeah. and reorders. Yeah, so need more toilet paper. Yeah, they, exactly. exactly. The, the, the example I wrote in my notes here is uh, you're in the kitchen and the paper towel that you already have in your purchase history just ran out, and now with your wet hands, you tell your speaker to reorder those, exactly. those uh, paper towels. Um, an area that's going to be taking a lot of uh, attention from that reorder category that's technically considered reorder is takeout food. You already, mm-hmm. well, you'll have that in your history as mm-hmm. well as if you know that, that uh, Chinese food that you have ordered once again, once you can tell it to reorder that same thing. You know, it's uh, here in the office. Um, we give a little bit too much attention to Jimmy John's and through their <laughs> web portal, you can just reorder the same thing. You know, think about your, um, your voice 
your smart speaker doing the same thing, just reordering the same takeout food. So those two areas are what's going to get pushed the most to help grow that 21 million. Um, the, the big trouble that data is having right now with the whole um, purchase, shopping, use, adoption rates mm-hmm. is that there is no data. Right now, the, the article made it very clear that right now there's no analytics and there's, um, there's no significant behavioral data. All you have is surveys. Currently, there are so many different um, voice-related surveys out there that whatever your theory or point you're trying to make is, you can find a survey to support that. Yeah. And as we know, on the political so side of things, on the, like anything in the survey world, it all depends on who you're surveying. You know, if you, if you survey 12 people that have made their purchase in the last month, then your survey is going to be skewed. And agree. there's no standardization to that. Um, uh, an example they made was um, from v- Voice. I'm sorry, scrolling. Um, Voicebot.ai in uh, found that in 2018, 12% of smart speaker owners used voice shopping monthly. However, in the middle of 2018, that number was 16%. So in the second half of 2018, it lost 4%. Hmm. So it, it, it's interesting, and that doesn't necessarily mean that adoption rates are declining or users are not doing them. It just means that there's no hard and fast data. Uh, well, it's the same thing that supports, uh, you know, the, the Internet Trends report for, you know, the 2018-2019 stats of you know, adoption rates, if you will, or purchases of smartphones. Mm -hmm. Well, how many phones purchased anymore are not smartphones? So you kind of, to to your point, some of this data, you, you do have to kind of don't, don't take it for face value. Right. If it's something that you're remotely uh, interested in or going, Hmm, that could impact my business. A, don't freak out about it. Right. B, dig into the data and really try and figure out what it, what reading data is a weak spot for so many, uh, business owners I feel yeah sure yeah in, interpreting reading it and interpreting it mm-hmm. this article made it a point to um, mention that this is based on strictly smart speakers not voice <laughs> assistants that are built into your smart device your smart home your smart mm-hmm. uh, phone um, mm-hmm. and my favorite part of this whole article is in conclusion it said that uh, it turns out it's just not going to be that big of a deal which is what I always said from day one and that um for the time being, marketers should pursue local and mobile SEO best practices. And that just kind of made me feel good because that's what I said, I think, in uh, December of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. You went back and looked, yeah. didn't you? No, I know I didn't look. I just remember because you guys all gave me the stink eye when I first said that. And it's just kind of all, it's one of those rare instances where like, I was right. Yeah. 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 I, I think it is. It, it'll be. I mean, it, it's it's just another tool. It's just yeah. another tool that and and consumers as consumers become more comfortable with it, they're going to be more inclined to use it. Uh, I think that there will still be. Uh, I think we're still a long way off from people saying, you know, okay, Google, uh, um, find me a you know little black dress size this. Here's my price range. Yeah. I, I don't think that we're, there still has to be some no. interaction there. If anything, what I'm anxious to see the growth of is is the image-based search driven by AI. 
um, you know, things like um, Google Lens being more and more integrated into, mm-hmm. you know, the Android platform and what that means. It's that, then alone, if you haven't played with, with the Google Lens side of it, it's very impressive with what that's, what that is able to pull in. Um, I was playing around with it recently. My wife actually just got the, the newest Google Pixel uh, this weekend and playing around with some of the latest features in there and the recognition that it can make uh, literally standing in the store, um, taking a photo uh, or turning it into lens mode and taking a photo of the different types of phones and it knowing that that's a, a Pixel 3, Pixel 3 XL or Pixel 3a. Strictly by distinction. If you looked at those phones to us as individuals, right. it looks like a it looks like a pixel. Right. Right. Does that work on other platforms? Meaning if, if that was a looking at like your knockoff Androids or Yeah, Android absolutely. Phone. Like um, you hmm. could go over to a Samsung phone and do the same thing and it knows that it's the S eight or S ten, right. whatever it is now. Um, but the same thing for um, the the best one is uh, to take a take a photo of a dog and it knows the it knows the breed of the dog that's weird you know as a, an american cocker spaniel or an american spaniel humans so, will still never get that right no you know, yeah, what kind of dog no. is that it's a yellow lab it looks yeah. like every other yeah, yellow right lab. yeah so but but that goes to also show this plays into this i don't think it plays into it's, it's not voice search i i think we get away mm. from this whole uh concept of it's not keyword search it's not and en- you know it's it's entity based search right now we go even deeper into is it really voice search or is it more it, it's we're in this world of assisted searches yeah mm. yeah by by any means there was a great twitter thread going on the other day um um from from a few individuals um some folks from distilled and stuff were going back and forth on what kind of like when do you use voice search and a lot of it is if i'm just looking for answers quick answers i have no problem saying you know okay google what's the you know square yeah. root of right 50 yeah Defi- definable uh results correct yeah, yeah. which, which know, it's an argument i make on a lot of these things the, the the biggest obstacle for voice search is for example on the google ad side how frequently do we see the third ad perform better than the first ad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in voice search, you're getting back either the f- featured snippet or um, the very first result. And yeah. how often is the very first result the actual one you want to click on? Right, right. And mm-hmm. we also know that the featured snippet doesn't have to be the first result right. on Google. Right, it's It true. can be the fifth result yeah. or the fourth result. It's just providing the best answer to the user. It's that's the that's why helpful. Amazon started selling a smart speaker that came with a display screen. Right. right. And it, I, I flipped my <laughs> lid when I saw that because yeah. that's called a computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a tablet with a, yeah. with a yeah. stand and a speaker yeah. integrated yeah. It's, in there. It's, it's a... It's a yeah. Going back to get into it. <laughs> going back to what you were saying about the reorders and kind of you know where some of those um, voice search um, purchases occur, you know the questions that I have if I'm a small business owner, a restaurant owner, how do I get on the platform that's allowing for that to happen? Right. What do I need to do to set up you know my menu, my account, whatever yeah. it might be, so then that way they can say, all right, order my favorite Indian meal from X Y Z restaurant. Yeah. 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 I. Th- it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what what comes of it. Like I, I mean, was saying, yeah, the, the data um, is so so goofy in it. it. One of the examples they made in here is that um, Uber they brought in Uber, which we all know how Uber works. You know, you have an app on your phone and you call you you 
select a car, you make a request, whatever. Um, they said that uh, th through a certain period of time, 0.002% um, of the more than 50 million total Uber rides um, per day were used through an Alexa device. And then I had to ask myself, who in the world is getting an Uber through their, their smart speaker? Because mm -hmm. that's just not the way it's designed to function. So they're using that as a basis of success or failure, but that's not what it's designed to do. Yeah. Hmm. I, I just don't, granted, I'm not a power user on Uber. Uh, I'm not a barely user of Uber, but I just don't know how that would work on a smart speaking, like a speaking or speaker on that. I just, I, again, there's no data to hard prove anything. It's all just common conversation. I can see it where when I was using Uber fairly heavily and, you know, doing rides, even scheduling rides to work, um, you know, from my house. So then I would say, you know, Alexa, schedule an Uber at 4, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. And then because like that's, you know, my the pickup point that's right. really consistent. Yeah, maybe. But then also there are some things where it's just easier to use the interface, you know, yeah, rather yeah. than trying to like well, and confirm to, that it's correct to, with the voice search. To some degree, much like shopping, you, you kind of want to see what you're getting too, right? Exactly. You, you want to know what you're getting into. It's the same thing if you ask it for restaurant recommendations, you're going to get a list of recommendations, but you're still going to want to read the reviews because that plays heavily into a consumer's mindset on what yeah. you want to buy, where you want to eat, etc. Mm. You know, until the until the voice interaction starts to uh, give us that kind of feedback and that kind of information, it's it's not it's not going to be there. I'm anxious to see what uh, people are talking about at MozCon this year and yeah. see if anything comes out of it. Because up to this point, um, there hasn't been there hasn't been much. This would be one of the first ones. Pat, I saw I caught that this morning in a news feed too that has been remotely interesting. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good stuff. What yeah, so to switch gears a little bit, I wanted to talk about Facebook. Hey! Um, specifically, Facebook business manager, Facebook ad accounts. Um, so we have been taking on um, some clients that have done a lot of consulting in terms of how to set up these assets. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been something that you know, you think maybe just because we're in the platform all the time and, and we take a lot of things for granted in that way. Yeah. Um, whereas with our clients, you know, this is, they only do it once. They don't manage multiple companies. They don't manage multiple brands. Different They're just ad managing accounts. their own brand or something like that. Correct. And typically, okay. um, or at least in, in our experience, you know, a larger firm, they'll say, okay, we want to, um, we want to invest more in digital advertising. Mm -hmm. um, we understand that Facebook has a great advertising platform. Let's you know jump into that um, into that category. So then what will happen is either they'll work with a partner agency uh, to do that, or they'll have someone internally kind of set that up. Mm -hmm. um, and really what happens is we're seeing a lot of clients that aren't actually owning their own data. Um, and what I mean by that is they create the asset which collects the data, which is known as the Facebook pixel, right? You guys are familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Facebook pixel is associated with an ad account, which the client doesn't own. <laughs> and, and you think to yourself, okay, that's fair. Let's just transfer ownership. You cannot do that. Um, so that is something that Facebook has just not quite figured out yet. Um, I haven't seen any indication that they're going to change that. But um, essentially what happens, and we've had this happen with a few clients, is that 
they don't own their data. And the only way to remedy the situation is to build their own dedicated ad account within their business manager, reinstall a blank pixel and Mm. start all over again. Wow. Um, So that can be, you know, detrimental to some companies that have been investing thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to essentially collect this user data. Because that user, so is it, um, can you clarify a little bit, you're not talking about like audience data and things like that you see in insights, you're talking strictly uh, how they, it's not, they they interacted with the ads, you're going to be able to Mm. see that if, if you inherit, can you inherit the ad account? And see that data, or or is the pixel strictly looking at the site side data? Right, like uh, there's some clarifications there. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, to clarify, you can see if it's insights on your page. Yeah. Right. So let's say it's your Instagram page or your Facebook page. Um, you can still see, you know, here are the number of comments, the engagement, that sort of thing. Specifically, what I'm talking about would be on the site side where the pixel is installed, um, or it could be your app. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is where you have user interaction data that, um, then can be used for retargeting, can be used for creating lookalike audiences. Um, and then you can also pull that information into, you know, like an insights or an analytics and see, okay, what are the attributes of the people that are on our website? Mm -hmm. Um, because Facebook has a different set of, um, targeting criteria than Google Analytics, right? Mm-hmm. So Google Analytics will give you um, site actions. They'll do a pretty good job of telling you, okay, these are the top pages. These are um, events that are occurring. These are the buttons that they're clicking on. Um, we know that they come from these regional areas, cities, that sort of thing. Facebook can tell you more psychographic type information. So Google, as you know, has the affinity, like the in-market yeah. categories, yeah. Um, and Facebook is very similar to that, just a little bit more refined. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of those things, they kind of, what I, um, to reiter- reiterate a little bit, would be that if you want to um, set up, let's say, you know, a new campaign, and maybe you've moved away from that vendor, now you're essentially starting from scratch. So all of the money that you spent on the previous campaign to try and figure out, okay, which audience is working, mm-hmm. which audience isn't working, that pixel is associated with those ads, and so it's it's improving every single time you run a new campaign. Right, right. So it's getting better Constantly and better. learning because the machine, the, the machine learning aspect of it is critical. Absolutely. So um, just kind of, I think we're going to be publishing an article soon that outlines exactly how to set up your business manager and to, um, to look for, you know, some things in terms of who owns it, how mm-hmm. can I make sure that it's set up correctly, how can I install the Facebook pixel and check these things. Um, so I wanted to maybe just kind of put that out there yeah. in the world and just start making people, you know, more aware and, and just, ha- I want people asking the question, do we have our setup correctly? Why, why would, so outside, if you took a brand, if you took a, the brand peoples, if you will, out of the equation, and we're talking, if we talk more about individuals who are hiring agencies and things like that to do, to do work for them on mm-hmm. behalf of the company, why, why would an agency of record do it that way? Is there any is there any is there any benefit outside of financial? There's is there any benefit to doing that? So to re, um, is what you're asking? Why would an agency create an ad account and then give the client access to that ad account? Yeah, or not? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a good question. So in my experience, I've seen it a few different ways. Um, some agencies feel that. 
the management of the Facebook ad campaigns and um, how they do that is like their proprietary information, right? So Sure, I can understand that. Right. In, in theory, um, if I hired a third-party agency to manage my Facebook ad campaigns, gave them access to the ad account that I own, and then fired them, I would be able to then go in, see how they set everything up, and potentially reverse engineer you know, a campaign for myself, and I wouldn't need them anymore. Uh, I don't want to, you know, ruin anyone's hopes, but it's just much more complicated than that, you know, necessarily. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You're and you're you're atypical in that sense. I would say everybody uh, around uh, the microphones are are atypical in that sense of that's our job, and we would probably reverse engineer it given the opportunity to look at it, it's right? True. To be able to say what was the path, what was the route. Exactly. That, that doesn't necessarily mean that that the average marketing individual, not mm-hmm. stepping on anybody's toes, that the average marketing individual would do that, right? Exactly. Because maybe they don't have the time to do it, right? That's that's a lot of times what it comes down to is time, knowledge, expertise to get in there and turn the dials exactly. is, is not it's not their forte. Yeah. So that would be one particular reason that you would have an agency give the client access to their ad account. Another would be billing and financial incentives. And it essentially has to come down to you know, are you doing a percentage of spend markup? Are you mm. just charging the client a flat fee and they don't need to know how much the ad spend is? Yeah. Um, you know, as you guys know, agencies operate in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, but that's could, just one that I've seen. We could do a whole podcast segment around agency. Unscrewed list tactics. Yeah, agency <laughs> right. fee markups, how, how it all works, what's, you know, kind of behind the scenes, how that all works. And, and not even have to talk about financials. It's just business and how, how people exactly. do things. To your point, there's the option of the all-in gross media dollar, which tends to be a traditional way of thinking. You mm-hmm. know, uh, some clients, especially larger uh, organizations and businesses are used to that where they say, you know, yeah, I've got a $100,000 budget. Here it is. Right. Handle it. The, all they're used to getting is that invoice or writing that check, cutting that check. The, the problem is, I think, with that model in the last few years is that they don't question where those dollars are being spent. Exactly. And we've seen it. It's been in industry news where there have been some pretty major players that have been caught kind of with their pants down of charging, you know, in excess of 60% on that. Right. Right? So not not much of your $100,000 is actually going toward your media spend and, and, and promotions it's, it's going to the pockets of the agency. And it's not saying that an agency shouldn't get paid well to do their job if they're doing a good job. I 100% mm-hmm. agree that they should. It's just saying, like, um, let's let's level the playing field here and be real honest about what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. I think it's behavior like that that gives our industry a bad name, you know. For sure. And I, I, agreed. I think so to kind of recap that. You wanna you wanna review how your account is structured and how business manager is structured. You wanna make sure that like anything, you you own it. Right. Um, and we have the same approach here, at least at Black Truck, with with that as we do with say Google Ads. You know, it, it it's not our business to own your data. It's not our business to own your account. We're we're a manager of the account. We're doing the the things that you either don't have the time or expertise to do, and and you know, are more the partner in the brand. And I think that's how your agency should be, um, you know, viewed. And yeah, I mean, the same thing could be said for Google Ads. Like, man, if it doesn't work out, 
you shake hands and you part ways. Isn't that, isn't it better to do that than to be like, you know, now, now you enter the next chapter of, oh, well, what the F man? Like, what do you mean? None of this data is my, you mean I can't take it? What? I, I, I don't understand. Right. To your point exactly now, who's viewed as the bad guy? You know, your the, the other agency is because you're the one that's getting some blame placed on you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then the new agency or the new person assuming that role has to navigate those waters. And that can be that can be pretty tough, I think. Yeah. No, it is. And it can end up just being a huge time suck for all parties involved. And depending on how things get built out, yeah. I mean... And know, take the agency out of the realm for a minute. Let's take the agency off the table because that's not always the case. We don't want to give... Some you know agencies a bad oh, name. Sure. There's been a lot of situations where we get into it where maybe Pat is the ad account owner strictly by um, novice. You know, didn't know any different. Like, oh, I'm I'm running these ads. Yep, this is great. What happens when Pat leaves that company? <laughs> yeah, you're. Oh hell, <laughs> there goes the ad account. You can't hand it over. You know, you're exactly right. And I've encountered um, working with clients that they are, you know, their response is, well, we had an intern set that up. Right. So, you know, I mean, I think that's maybe something that people don't understand. So then, you know, they'll give that task to uh, an ambitious, you know, young individual and they set it up the best they can. But, you know, it's just, it's done incorrectly. Yeah, totally. I've seen that so many times on uh, YouTube channels, surprisingly. It's yeah. It's like always, like, it's a... It's a all the various Google properties that are out there. It seems like I see it so frequently. It's like, okay, you guys have this YouTube channel. Who is this owner? With your, it's like name at businessname.com. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that person isn't with us anymore. They've been gone for three years. Totally. totally. So how do we change ownership? Yeah. Um, okay. And then we move on to a new subject. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you put time and energy into those platforms and then they quite frankly, they just like go dead. Yeah. You have to rebuild and start all over again. So yeah, just being a little bit more mindful, I think, and in, in setting those things up and, and doing it right the first time, or if you have to redo it over, make sure it's done right. Totally. That's a good recap, right? I mean, um, from the paid social and social advertising perspective, and really I think digital media in general, uh, have a digital crash plan in place like understand who has ownership of what exactly for like step one <laughs> step two what are you doing to move forward um you know and, and then trust in with the people that you're working with and then to pat kind of recap the uh the voice shopping search side of things or the voice shopping side of things gonna be interesting to see what the holidays bring yeah uh keep and, and to see what the data sources <laughs> say but also know that it's more reorder staple goods. Right. Kind of maybe what we predicted even in 2017, probably we talked about it when you made the bold statement of, ah, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, proof now of saying, yeah, you want to reorder something? It's super easy. You know what to expect. You know what you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean for search? I still think that you know, natural language, right for humans, sound SEO skills, man. Yep. Keep, keep moving forward. That's, and that's, that's your, that's your good on page. So fundamentals, technical SEO, not offsite link building, blah, blah, right. blah. Now, obviously pages need to rank and right. things like that, but set that aside you, to your point on the search side, 
writing for the human, good on page, talk about what it is that you do in detail. So awesome. Cool. Really great, uh, really great stuff, guys. I appreciate you bringing that to the table and sharing it and uh, look forward to the next episode. Excellent. Sweet. Until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.